Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit. This is our post-Thanksgiving episode. And as I sit here, I don't know that I ever dreamed that we would be discussing the topic that we're about to discuss. Now, everybody knows that I can't stand Trump, and I have been pretty consistent. In fact, I've been completely consistent since before he began even running for president, or at least seriously. But I never dreamed that we would be at a place now where we're discussing the details of a white supremacist Nazi named Nick Fuentes having dinner with him in his private home, and that such a thing could even happen. Now, listen, I'm not – let me just say this from the start – I'm not an anti-Trumper in the sense that I would rather vote for Biden or a Democrat ahead of him. Absolutely not. No chance that I would ever vote for a Democrat. But the idea that we should simply either ignore it because, you know, the Democrats have done some horrible things, certainly, as we'll talk about, Obama surrounded himself with many anti-Semites, many people who hated America. We're not really here to talk about that right now. We have to talk about what we're dealing with, what's right in front of us. And I just want to jump right into it because most people never even heard of Nick Fuentes before this week, and I did because certainly these are the things that I'm interested in. But I want to start this episode so you can really get a flavor of what Nick Fuentes is. I mean, you just you almost can't believe it. You, if you know who Alex Jones is, the one who denied uh, that uh, Sandy Hook, the massacre at the school in Connecticut, was real. Nick Fuentes is a hundred times worse. And I'm going to play you some clips. I want to. I want you to hear it directly, not just from my own words. But here is Nick Fuentes denying that the Holocaust occurred, and he uses a, a cookie analogy, uh, baking cookies. You can't see his face as he's doing this. These are all videos. You just can hear it, but he's got a big smile on his face, laughing the entire time. And I want you to listen. This is a couple minutes, but you need to listen to all of this and understand where where he's coming from. Here we go. Let's play that. Max says, if I take one hour to cook a batch of cookies and Cookie Monster has 15 ovens working 24 hours a day every day for five years, how long does it take Cookie Monster to make six million batches of cookies? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. It doesn't really sound correct to me. Wait a second. It takes one hour to cook a batch of cookies. Four different kitchens, right? Doing 24 hours a day every day for five years. How long would it take you to make six million? Hmm. I don't know. It certainly wouldn't be five years, right? Uh, the math doesn't seem to add up there. The math doesn't quite seem to add up there. I don't think you'd result uh, in six million, maybe two hundred to three hundred thousand cookies. And I think the Red Cookie Association said something like that, probably two hundred to three hundred thousand cookies baked, probably. And in addition, you know, in this hypothetical, I imagine that if you took aerial photographs over the kitchens, you would need to see certain smokestacks to release the smoke from baking the cookies, and the smokestacks would project certain shadows. But I guess they're not visible in the aerial photographs taken over the kitchens. Moreover, if you look at the soil texture, it's really not deep enough for mass cookie storage underground. Um, And so there's a lot of things. You know, in the cookie kitchen, they say that the ovens are uh, wooden and they have windows on them and they're not totally secure. And the ovens that they use... They, they actually did sort of an ad hoc use of that particular kind of oven, even though they made a perfectly good design for ovens for a different purpose, for delousing. I mean, you know, for something else. So none of it really adds up. I don't know. It just kind of doesn't really make sense, this, this crazy cookie analogy. Uh, you have to really, you have to be, that's sort of an esoteric uh, story. That's from Cookie Right. You wouldn't understand that if you're just sort of passing through, if you're just a normie. So six million cookies, uh-uh, I don't buy it. Now, let me just say that two million people watched this video with Nick Fuentes uh, with a big smile on his face, laughing, denying the Holocaust. Two million people viewed that video. So let's jump to it. Understand this, the Secret Service vets 
every person that Trump is having a private dinner with for security purposes. I don't care what you're reading. I don't care what uh, Trump is saying. I don't care what his advisors, if he even has any, is saying. The Secret Service does that. And you're saying, well, how do you know? Well, I'll tell you how I know. The Secret Service crawls all over Mar-a-Lago, checking out who was there and as there's been many spies there. How do I know? Well, I represent someone who was investigated by the Secret Service for months for being at Mar-a-Lago. This person showed up at a party, not a private dinner with the president, a party at Mar-a-Lago where Trump and his family were at. I spoke to the Secret Service. Trump knew full well that he was having dinner with someone named Nick Fuentes. And we'll get into it, whether it's possible that he wasn't warned who Fuentes was. I suppose anything's possible with Trump and his advisors. But let's, again, cut right to it instead of just trying to position ourselves as to what our political position is and then work backwards to try to get to a conclusion that we want. I'm not here for that. I'm here to look at this objectively. That Trump didn't apologize after meeting with Fuentes, whether he knew who Fuentes was or didn't at the time, it's very telling that he didn't apologize. He doesn't want to anger Fuentes. He wants his support. That is clear. He's afraid to lose that support. He still hasn't criticized Fuentes or the white nationalist movement that Fuentes stands for. He has not once condemned Fuentes' open white nationalist views, his love of Hitler, which he has said, his hatred of Jews, of blacks, his Holocaust denial. Not a word from Trump. Uh, Fuentes is banned from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Reddit, and even platforms that are all about free speech that often allow hate speech, like Getter and this DLive, Venmo, PayPal, Coinbase. They've all blocked Fuentes. You know, this guy is not is on the no-fly list. He's not allowed to fly in regular airports with regular human beings because he's not a human being. You know, the one place that's given him not just an account, but a verified account, Trump's Truth Nation platform. I'm sure that's just a a minor oversight. Here's another audio I want you to hear. Here's Fuentes diminishing the Holocaust and praising Hitler. This is somebody who Trump was impressed with, very impressed with, and has not apologized meeting with. Listen to this clip. It's, It's stunning. Hitler was a German statesman. And, uh, what was there, was there concentration camps? Were there death camps? I think so. I think there were, I think there were death camps. I do. Um, but there were also death camps against the Germans and there were, there were lots of camps. There were camps everywhere. We were in a global war. We had Japanese internment camps. There were lots of camps. There were lots of atrocities going on. But Hitler was the most uniquely evil guy in the world. And we get these cartoonish depictions of electric floors and mattresses made out of human hair and uh, lampshades made out of lips. And, and we created this um, completely like, cartoonish, nonsensical narrative. And then that, that's, the, that's the standard. That's the myth. That's the narrative that, that defines all of our politics now. Amazing. I mean, amazing. I, I'm almost without words. Now, here is another clip where Fuente says that this country, America, can't be run by Jews, only Catholics. He's trashing Jews. He uh, pretends that they're all, all Jews or Orthodox Jews. He's basically making this country, in his mind, is Jews versus Catholics, with Jews as the enemies. Listen to uh, this insane clip. So you're either a Catholic or you're a Jew. You're either a Catholic or you're with the Jews. That's how it is. That's the way the world is. So anyway, that's that. And when are Catholics going to start asserting their control? I want Catholics to run this country, not Jews. I want this country to be run by Catholics, not Jews. And I don't think that's controversial. I want this country to have Catholic media, Catholic Hollywood, Catholic government. I want this to be a Catholic-occupied government, not a Jewish-occupied government. That's not controversial for us. It may be controversial for you. 
It's not controversial for us. We are Christians. You're not. It's not controversial. They could say it's eyebrow raising for who? These people with the fucking cubes on their head, with the fucking linen line wrapped around the city. Maybe. Who cares about them and their eyebrows and their freaking descriptions of movies? It's not controversial for us. We're Christians. You know what's eyebrow raising for us? Wearing a cube on your head. That's eyebrow raising. I make that when I see when I see some guy with a freaking thing wrapped around his head and a little hat under a big hat, I'm like, what? <laughs> Jesus already came, dude. It's the Messiah's arrived. What are you doing? Now it's funny how in his mind, Jews are the greatest problem facing America. Radical Islam doesn't have a problem with radical Islam. Why? Because they hate Jews. This is what the guy is concerned about. Now, Kanye said that Trump was impressed with Fuentes. Trump didn't deny it. Trump told Fuentes that he gets him. You get me. There's no reason to believe this isn't true. Fuentes and Kanye said the same thing, and I said, again, Trump didn't deny it. Fuentes kissed his ass, kissed Trump's ass, called Trump one of the greatest Americans to ever live. Can you imagine, even if you support Trump, how insane do you have to believe that Trump is one of the greatest Americans who ever lived? I mean, think how even if you support him and voted for him, how utterly in insane is that? But that's all Trump needs to hear because he's so pathetic. He's so desperate to be told he's great. That's why he kept picking uh, losing candidates for Senate and the congressional races for the governor races, too. That's why Republicans got crushed during the midterms. Because Trump only wants yes men around, yes men around him. So of course he loved this Nazis' ideas. They were coming from an ass kisser. Fuentes suggested that the U.S. should stop having elections so that Trump could continue ruling as a dictator over a white society. That's his position. Do you actually think that Trump doesn't believe that as well? Of course he does. He doesn't think there should be elections. He should be dictator, this imbecile, this low-grade moron. Remember, again, that he loves people who insist that he won the 2020 election. That's how he decided who to pick for these uh, midterm elections, his candidates. That's it. He was a big supporter of Israel's prime minister, Netanyahu, remember, when he was in office. Until after Trump lost the election, and Netanyahu had the unmitigated goal to congratulate Biden. You know, after all, America is very important to Israel. It's important to Israel's existence, as, as any ally of America's uh, feels that way about America. America is so powerful. So Netanyahu knows that Israel relies on America regardless of who's president. And he had no choice but to congratulate Biden. What was he going to do? Not call the man? Start a rift? He has to live with Biden. Of course, Trump lied and claimed that Netanyahu was the first world was the first world leader to congratulate Biden. It's not true, not even close to being true. And Trump said, fuck him when referring to Netanyahu. This is a guy who cares about Israel, supposedly. And this occurred before he was praising this Nazi Nick Fuentes. If somehow and again, I apologize for jumping right into this topic without giving any background. Because I, if you don't know about this, you know you're living under a rock, or there's something wrong with you, and maybe this podcast isn't for you. But if somehow, let's just play this out. If somehow you're so insane to believe that Trump got played, that they snuck this Nick Fuentes in, he had no idea who he was meeting with. Oh, let's listen. I suppose it's possible. You then have to believe that an imbecile like Kanye West fooled Trump. Does that give you comfort that this nearly 80-year-old imbecile, and I use imbecile interchangeably for Kanye and for Trump because they're both imbeciles, but does that give you comfort that this nearly 80-year-old guy should be dealing with world leaders again when he got fooled by Kanye West? Really? I mean, that's not good, is it? And if you think he has great people around him, he doesn't. You know, I used to think that he had some good advisors because he did some good as president. There's no question. Certainly better than Biden has done. There's no question. But are you telling me that none of his advisors knew he was having dinner with Kanye West and this dwarf Nazi Fuentes? What does that tell you about how serious these people are that are around him? Six years after he was elected president, he has advisors. 
They still can't get their shit together. They can't control this, this maniac Trump. But at the very least, somebody, somebody had to see who Trump was having dinner with. And you know, maybe you recognize Kanye West. But the other people at least ask for an ID, see who the names are. It's, it's impossible to believe that this could have happened, that this could have gone down like this. I mean, Nick Fuentes, everybody knows that he's a Nazi. And if you don't, you Google him. All of his advisors certainly knew. And it's not like Kanye West is somebody that's good that you want to meet with. He's the good one in this case because the other guy, if it's possible, is worse than Kanye West. Now, remember that Trump got tarred with being a racist when he said there were very fine people on both sides of the clashes uh, at the white supremacist rally in Charlottesville in 2017, where someone was killed. And then he doubled down that in an interview, he maintained that he answered perfectly when uh, he said that to a reporter, very fine people on both sides. There were not very fine people on, on both sides. Was that good for Trump? to suggest that the people uh, at the white nationalist rally, that there were good people on both sides. He still carries the stink from that idiotic statement. You'd think he'd be careful to never be put in a position to be called the supporter for white supremacists again, right? Wrong. He had dinner with and claimed he was impressed by an avowed Nazi who has said that the military should be sent into black neighborhoods to slaughter blacks. And Jews should leave America. That's what he said. Like two weeks ago, he said that, that Jews should leave America. And even if Trump could somehow be believed about not knowing that Fuentes was coming to dinner, again, he surely knew that he had invited Kanye West, who was an open Jew hater, unapologetic Jew hater, who worships Hitler. He shows videos of his wife having sex to his employees. It's insane. This is what Trump's reasoning was to have him for dinner, a guy like this. This is a guy that's been canceled by everybody. Trump said, I appreciated all of the nice things he said about me on Tucker Carlson. Why wouldn't I agree to meet? Well, I don't know, because maybe he's an insane Jew hater and Hitler lover. How about that, you fucking idiot? You fat orange bag of shit. Are you crazy? That's how you determine who you meet? If he kisses your ass, he'll like you. He'll meet with you. You can hate Jews, hate whites, hate blacks, be a Nazi. It makes no difference. He won't even apologize for it. He says he saw it on Tucker. And if he's, if you're nice to him on Tucker, you can have whatever you want from him. Jesus Christ. And then Trump said this after. This is like two days after the meeting, the dinner, the Thanksgiving dinner. He said the following. So I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black, uh, who has been decimated in his business and virtually everything else, and who has always been good to me by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago alone so that I can give him very much needed advice. Now, keep in mind that Trump took some time to craft this brilliant statement. First of all, why does it say who just happens to be black? Trump is so racist and it's it's so ingrained in him, he can't even hide it. What the hell does the color of Kanye's skin have to do anything with this? Is Trump saying this because he ate a meal with a black man and therefore some of my friends are black and therefore I'm not a racist? I think that's what he meant by that. I I actually broke bread with a black man. How can I be racist? And then what is this much needed advice that he needed to dispense much needed advice. And this claim that West had been decimated. He was decimated. First of all, West did this to himself. No one told him to flip out one day and threaten Jews, lie about Jews, foment hate and violence against Jews. He did this to himself. Trump naturally pretends that West is a victim. He is not a victim. He's not. And this much needed advice that Trump claims he just had to give Kanye the advice on whether Kanye West, some mental patient, I don't know what he's got. He's got all kinds of mental issues. He's bipolar, whatever. He's a Jew hater. The advice is whether or not West should run for president. Like that's really going to happen. Anybody's going to take that seriously. 
The only person that would take that seriously is Donald fucking Trump, who apparently flipped out when he heard this news. Who takes Kanye West running for president seriously? He missed deadlines in like 30 of the states when he ran last time and got, what, 12 votes? But let's break this down. In one sentence, Trump said he had to meet with this poor Jew-hating victim to give him much-needed advice. Yet in the next sentence, Trump says the following, I told him, don't run for office. It's a total waste of time. Can't win. So the much-needed advice was a total waste of time. Which one is it? Was it much needed or just a total waste of time? By the way, Trump can't win either. Remember this, Americans died fighting the Nazis. Americans today have relatives who were killed by the Nazis. Thousands of Americans sacrificed their lives on D-Day during the Normandy invasion. Look it up if you don't know it. They walked into a meat grinder. Why? to end Hitler's Nazi regime. They sacrificed their lives. They knew they were going in to be killed. And 80 years later, an American president is having a private dinner with a guy who claims he loves Hitler, who espouses the same views as Hitler. And that's not enough. Trump praised the guy. Trump is praising a guy who says he's a Nazi, who said, I'm going to repeat it, I'm just like Hitler, who when talking about the Russian invasion of the Ukraine, Fuente said they compare Putin to Hitler like it's a bad thing. Trump had dinner with this guy in his private home. This is disqualifying behavior for anything, not just running for president, for being a functioning member, an accepted member of society. Somebody who acts this way who has dinner with somebody like this, who doesn't apologize for it after, should not just be disqualified from running for president. He should be forced to live under a rock. You should be like the Phantom of the Opera. You got to hide your face. You can't be seen in public. If somehow, some way, you are still supporting Trump, this has to be the end of it. You cannot run for president and say nice things about Nazis and have dinner with them. Understand? I know that's something that may be obvious to most people, but apparently it's not obvious to Trump and his supporters. Unless you're David Duke from the KKK and you're running for president, you cannot have dinner with Nazis. If you're one of those great patriots who support Trump, great patriots, Make America great again. You're great patriots. Great patriots. Hello, patriots. Patriots, are you a patriot? I'm a patriot. We're all patriots. We're great patriots. We love America. We want to make America great again. If you're one of those fucking patriots, all right, who keeps calling yourself a patriot, what kind of patriot are you who supports a guy who has dinner with Hitler lovers? Two of them. You're not a patriot. You're an idiot. Real patriots see a Nazi and they kill the Nazi. They don't praise him. Trump has a Jewish son-in-law. He has Jewish grandchildren. He has a Jewish daughter. Yet he had dinner with a guy who said that if you work for Jews, you're a race traitor. He had dinner with a Holocaust denier. <clears throat> he had dinner with a guy who joked about Jews being stuck in ovens by Nazis. He had dinner with a guy who openly worships Hitler. Just two weeks ago, Fuentes released a video openly threatening Jews. These are his words. The Jews had better start being nice to people like us. Because what comes out of this is going to be a lot uglier and a lot worse for them than anything that's being said on this show. Now that Trump has made Nick Fuentes famous, he's doing all that he can to foment violence against Jews. He's warning Jews to leave the country or else. Millions of people, young people, watch this scumbag's videos. He's got influence among stupid people, impressionable people, Jew haters, dangerous people. And Trump mainstreamed him instantly. Instantly! And like a guy who tosses a lit match into a pool of gasoline and then walks away, Trump does not care at all. Here is Nick Fuentes over the weekend bragging about how Trump said he liked him. 
Fuentes knows that he's harming Trump by revealing these things that occurred during the meeting, but he doesn't care. He needs to be mainstreamed in order to get more people to follow him, to follow his racist, homophobic, anti-Semitic words. I want you to listen to this clip. Listen to this. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to come across smug or anything because I don't think that's really the right tone. I think it's kind of like, it's probably like uh, tacky or whatever, but uh, you know... There is some smugness because it's like everybody hated on me. I feel like I'm entitled to that a little bit. Everybody hated on me forever. And uh, it's, it's up, you know. Trump told me he liked me. Could Dude, I was just like, oh, my gosh. You know, Trump was like, I like you. He's boy, I was like, me? He said, this guy's smart. Where did you find this guy? I was like. Uh, yeah. Hello, Epic Department. Hello, Awesome Department. So, yeah, that felt good. That felt good. You know, I'm not really an emotional guy or anything, but that was just like, okay, let's go. That was like life complete. <laughs> you know, life complete. So I literally had Thanksgiving dinner with, with Ye and Donald Trump. So crazy, right? My two heroes. And they both love me. And it's Thanksgiving dinner. How? It's like a dream come true. I literally woke up the next day and I was like, is this real life? Am I alive? Now, this is betrayal. And this betrayal concept is important. As soon as the meeting is over between Trump, Kanye, and this Nazi dwarf Fuentes, Kanye immediately betrays Trump and reveals all. So does Fuentes. He's laughing as he says he knows he's hurting Trump and saying how much, he, how much Trump loved him. He knows that that's hurting Trump. And then he finishes it off, Trump, by betraying Kanye, by calling him seriously troubled, acting like he's mentally ill. He didn't trash Fuentes again because he was afraid to claim that he even knew about him, which of course he did. But this is what these people are. It's all about betrayal. If you are anything in Trump's universe, you are getting betrayed at some point. These three men have dinner. It's a nice dinner, right? That's what they all claim. Immediately as each one of them leaves, they each betray each other. This is what it is to be in Trump's world. Why even have the dinner? Why? Why? Do you think it's going to work out? Well, you know that Kanye West is going to talk about it. Let's say you don't even know who Fuentes is. You know that Kanye West is going to talk about it. Is that what you want? Is that the kind of judgment you want for the guy who's the most powerful man in the world and he's 80 years old? Really? <laughs> and listen, uh, spare me that Trump didn't know who Nick Fuentes is. Certainly Rudy Giuliani knows who Fuentes is. He was on TV and he claimed that the January 6th riots at the Capitol were actually Antifa members dressed as Trump supporters, which is clearly an absolute lie, total lie. But who did Rudy Giuliani cite as the source for this insane lie? Well, Nick Fuentes. Giuliani is Trump's lawyer, perhaps his closest advisor. Somehow Giuliani knows who Nick Fuentes is. Not Trump, of course. Maybe he should fucking read. I don't know. Something other than the funny pages or pornography. I don't know what this guy's reading. We need to stop making excuses for Trump. Well, he's an idiot. What do you expect? It's Trump. No, enough, enough. He's causing harm. He's causing violence. He's too dumb for the presidency, and he's always been too dumb for it. He's too selfish. He's too dangerous. He doesn't deserve the position. Because this isn't what we aspire to be as a nation, run by some selfish, egomaniacal moron who's constantly screwing everything up. Enough. He can't be near anything that matters. If you support him, knowing full well that he can't win another election, and he surely cannot, you are part of the problem. You are the cause. It's not like you don't have Ron DeSantis waiting in the wings to clean up this idiot Trump's messes, right? And I have to tell you, speaking of DeSantis, I'm disappointed. And I'm a big supporter of his. I understand why he didn't say a word about this for political purposes. He doesn't want to draw the fire from Trump and his imbecilic MAGA supporters. He'd rather just lie in wait and let Trump implode or get indicted. I mean, I don't know how much more you can implode. You have dinner with, uh, with a Nazi and a, and a Nazi lover. Or maybe DeSantis, just maybe, 
He thinks he needs the white supremacist vote to win the general election. So he stays silent for one of these two reasons. They're both horrible reasons. All right? Because if you really care about the country, you have to say something. You can't be silent about this. You simply can't sit by quietly and let a president of the United States stain this great country by having dinner with a Nazi and a rabid Jew hater and praising them both. Again, I should not have to say this. This should be obvious. If we're forgiving this kind of thing, we really need to look inward. We fought the Nazis to prevent their takeover of the world. Now we're praising them in our highest office? Having dinner with them? Just two generations later? Where's the Republican leaders in the Senate and Congress? Where's McCarthy? Where's McConnell? Where's anyone? Chris Christie opened up his fat mouth, but you know he just did it for political purposes. Where are the Republicans to reject this? And don't give me the whataboutism again about Obama cozying up to Farrakhan and Jeremiah Wright. We hated him for doing that. We need to hate Trump for doing it as well, or else we're no better than the other side. So why support Trump at all? I have to ask. Why support him at all? It's not because you think he can win in 2024 and you're supporting him, but holding your nose at the same time like you might have in 2016. Because if you think that Trump is capable of winning in 2024, please get some mental help. Please. He lost the 2018 midterms. He lost the 2020 general election. The 2022 midterms also were his loss, even as the climate for a Republican to, to the Republicans to steamroll in the midterms this month. It couldn't have been more perfect. Joe Biden was in the dumpster. Everybody hates him. The economy and the dumpster, immigration, crime numbers, all in the dumpster. Do you think any independent voter will support Trump in 2024? They didn't in 2022 in the midterms. They didn't support any of his candidates. They all lost. And you think Trump praising a Nazi will cause independents to like him more? And then after being caught, he doesn't even denounce the Nazi? You think you're getting a single independent vote in two years? Why do I have to say these things? How is this not self-evident to anybody with an IQ above room temperature? So let's say you're supporting him, despite the fact that you have to know he can't win in 24 then you're supporting him because you believe in him. You believe in his vision for America. He is a moron who hangs out with Nazis and Jew haters. What kind of vision do you think he has for this country? He only cares about himself. He certainly doesn't care about the, the January 6th defendants who spend more time in prison uh, walking into Nancy Pelosi's office than the radical leftists spend in jail for firebombing police cars. He didn't pardon a single one of them. He pardoned Democrats instead. He pardoned Lil Wayne, L-I apostrophe L. He paid some money for their lawyers, the January 6th defendants, but not his money. He took it from a PAC, Political Action Committee. He took your money and he paid for lawyers. He never uses his own money. He takes your money. It's 2022. Joe Biden has the lowest approval rating for any modern U.S. president. Inflation is at a 50-year high. Interest rates are at 20-year highs. Gas prices are through the roof. Supply chain issues that started from the pandemic lockdowns have barely been lessened three years later. Crime and violent crime are up double digits in every major city. The southern border is wide open. Over a million illegals have crossed into America unchecked, adding to the crime surge. And no one is talking about this. No one is talking about the failures of Joe Biden and his administration. Instead, they're talking about yet another disgusting own goal by Trump. He's the gift that keeps on giving to Democrats. He's not even the president anymore, and he's still the center of all the attention, all the negative attention. Every other president, for the most part, disappears after they leave the White House. Not Trump. He can't bear it if anyone else gets attention. It wouldn't be so bad if not for the fact that all the attention is bad attention. And he therefore keeps providing cover 
for the Democrats. Every time we take a step forward to get rid of these leftists running the nation, Trump makes us take two steps back. And I'll tell you something that you don't even know about, because all you've been reading about this weekend is Trump. U.S. officials uh, offered a, a loosening of sanctions and released some Venezuelan prisoners being held in U.S. jails. Why? Because we need their oil? Because of Biden? Chevron has been given U.S. approval to begin pumping for oil in Venezuela. Biden eased America's oil sanctions on Venezuela, allowing Chevron to, to pump crude oil in, in Venezuela and, and export it to the United States. This is a major shift in White House policy. Venezuela is not our friends. The Biden administration's overtures, if I can call them that, to Venezuela, they come because we have slowing oil production in the U.S. because of Democrats. And we have an inability to get as much oil from Russia as we had in the past, or OPEC, the Arab nations who hate us because of the Democrats. So we ease sanctions on a murderous dictator who is currently under indictment in New York for narco-terrorism, which means flooding America with drugs to kill and harm Americans. We ease sanctions on a murderous dictator who we currently have a $15 million reward for his capture, dead or alive. No one knows about this. No one cares about it. Biden escapes again without any real damage why? Because Trump is having dinner with an unapologetic Jew hater and a Holocaust-denying Nazi. And again, I'm not saying this just because I hate him. I'm not a never-Trumper or a Democrat or a Biden supporter. I hate Trump because this is what he is. It's never good. It's always bad. He's always doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, ruining everything. Where is the decency here? Do we really want to have a guy as a leader of this great nation who openly embraces Nazis? Why do I have to say these things? How is this not self-evident? Listen again. Obama got no pass from me or any sane American when he spent all that time with Jeremiah Wright or Rashid Khalidi or all the host of Jew haters that he spent time with. You can't hate Obama for it and give Trump a pass. And, and I got to be honest with you. I can't stand Obama. I became a Republican because of Obama. I don't know that Obama hung out with people who deny the Holocaust. I mean, he hung out with Jew haters, but who denies the Holocaust? Nazis. And what on earth can anyone see in that sniveling little scumbag Fuentes? You think that's an interesting guy to have dinner with? He claims he's an incel, that means involuntarily celibate, and has never had sex with a woman, that he can't attract women and therefore hates them. He advocates burning women alive because he claims that society went to hell once we stopped burning witches, which is insane because he's too fucking dumb to know that there's no such thing as witches, real witches. He urges his followers to abstain from sex, saying dating women is gay, having sex with women is gay, and having sex with men is gay, adding that having sex in itself is gay, I think. Those are his words. That sounds like a fun guy to hang out with. You want to hang out with him? Final word. I'm getting sick of talking about this. I shouldn't have to talk about this. It's time to move on from Trump, or we're going to end up with President Stacey Abrams at some point soon. I promise you that is coming. If we do not shun Trump, kick him out of American politics, lock him up, something, anything, stop him, and you can send his moronic supporters with him, the time for excusing this behavior has to end now. We have to start it now. Enough. Okay, I'll be back after this break. Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit. I'm going to talk about a case that I have that's upcoming, an extradition hearing in Manhattan Federal Court the week after next. And it's an extraordinary case that somehow, some way, has managed to not hit the press. It's astonishing to me because what's what I'm about to describe is almost through the looking glass, Alice in Wonderland. 
I'm representing a Japanese, New York Japanese doctor in an extradition hearing. The Japanese government alleges that in 2015, our client, uh, Dr. Uh, Kaneyama, that's his name, he used an oily liquid to deface a Japanese religious shrine, actually two of them, one shrine and one temple. This is a incredible story. There was no permanent damage done to the shrine and the temple. There's no eyewitnesses. Dr. Kanayama, Masahide Kanayama, is a Japanese citizen who has lived in America for more than 30 years, was educated here for college and medical school, and he was trained at the famed Mayo Clinic. He's a New York obstetrician and gynecologist who has developed a groundbreaking practice and technology regarding the treatment of endometriosis, and he's currently the director of the New York Endometriosis Center located on East 55th Street in Manhattan. For the past 30 years, he has treated and saved the lives of thousands of women through his pioneering treatment of endometriosis, and he's recognized globally as a leading specialist in endometriosis, infertility evaluation, and the treatment of both. He created this unique laparoscopic surgical technique that helps reverse the effects of the most advanced stages of endometriosis. And for an example, I'm going to give you the numbers. After standard laser treatment, 70% of the most advanced endometriosis patients have a recurrence that requires further treatment within five years. Dr. Kanayama's most advanced patients who are treated with his technique to remove endometriosis have only a 5% recurrence rate. He's been practicing, as I said, for 30 years, over 30 years, treated more than 7,000 patients globally, and again, is one of the world's premier surgical specialists for treating endometriosis. At the same time, he's a devout Christian of Korean ancestry, and there's a massive amount of discrimination and, and persecution of Christians in Japan, which I didn't know, as well as Japanese of Korean ancestry. You can't even hold public office in Japan if you're Japanese of Korean ancestry. In addition, only 1% of Japanese are Christians. The rest are Buddhist or Shinto. Christianity, as you know, uh, if you listen to Nick Fuentes, you'll certainly know, he worships the, the worships one God, and, and Buddhists and Shinto followers, multi, uh, uh, they follow multiple gods. Dr. Kanayama also began a Christian missionary, which is dedicated to spreading Christianity in Japan. Nick Fuentes would love that. Christianity actually was banned in Japan until 1853, but even today, the Japanese government is strongly against organized religion, especially Christianity. Dr. Kanayama traveled back to Japan frequently over the years and has given sermons at numerous churches in the country and was designated as a Christian missionary in Japan, which is not a positive thing. Now, the practice of anointing Buddhist shrines and temples in Japan, it happens frequently, and as you can guess, is an embarrassment to the Japanese government. So charging Dr. Kanayama with the crime of defacing a temple or shrine is not a minor matter over there, is because they're going to clearly make an example of him and punish him severely, if only to deter other Christians from anointing these structures, which, again, are not done for malicious purposes to damage them, but to purify them for religious purposes. Interestingly, the staff at the temple and the shrine that were allegedly defaced did not notice the defacement on their own. They didn't contact the police or even seek out repairs. Instead, it was the Japanese police that initiated the investigation and visited the temple and shrine two weeks after the alleged incidents occurred. They pointed out to staff the alleged stains on the shrine and the temple, which naturally have faded away, and requested the staff at both locations to seek estimates for repairs, even though there was nothing to repair. In order to extradite, and this is really incredible, in order to extradite someone from America to Japan for a crime committed there, the first thing that needs to be proven is that the crimes charged are covered by the extradition treaty. And according to the extradition treaty between the two countries, this is determined according to the doctrine of dual criminality. And what that means is that the crime that they're seeking extradition for, it has to constitute a felony in both the United States and Japan. And that means a crime that is punishable by a year or more in prison. Now, in Japan, he was charged with two counts of damaging religious and historical shrines. It's in violation of Article 260 of the Japanese Penal Code. 
The Japanese government further claims that Dr. Kanayama, his alleged conduct, would constitute the offenses of criminal mischief in the second or third degree in violation of New York penal law. Now, I'm a New York criminal lawyer. New York penal law 145.05, that says that a person is guilty of criminal mischief in the third degree when with intent to damage property of another person and having no right to do so on any reasonable ground to believe that he has the right to do so damages property of another person in an amount exceeding $250. Similarly, a a person guilty of criminal mischief in the second degree, it's the same thing with intent to damage property, intent to damage property of another person having no right to do so or any reasonable ground to believe that he has such right damages property of another person in the amount exceeding $1,500. Aside from the amount of damages necessary to sustain a conviction, the elements of the two crimes are common. You have to have intent to damage property, actual damage to tangible property of another person, no reasonable ground to believe that a right to damage the property exists, and you have to damage the property in excess of either $250 for one of the crimes and $1,500 for the other. However, in this case, the shrine and the temple that were allegedly damaged, no repairs were done to them. Even seven years later, the stains just faded away. There was no financial loss, no loss of usage, nothing. And New York law, case law, makes clear that using chalk to deface a building does not constitute criminal mischief because there's no real damage. The chalk just washes away. So it's sort of the same with the oil in Japan, same concept with oil on the temple and shrine. The, the bottom line is this. To think that we're sending back a world-renowned doctor who has saved so many women because of a minor charge in New York law, which in real life, if someone even came to me for that kind of crime, I probably wouldn't take the case because it's too small, it would be reduced and dismissed in five minutes. Defacing a building with oil? First offense or a doctor? Dismissed on either day one or, or day two in court. And this is what Japan is looking to do to bring this world-famous doctor back to Japan. If he's returned to Japan, he'll have to be dealt with by a very harsh criminal justice system, which is barbaric compared to what exists in the U.S. Upon arrival in Japan, he'd be held for at least 23 days in detention, which is standard no matter the severity of the allegations uh, that are underlying in the arrest warrant. Without any access to an attorney or a family, he would be interrogated every day for lengthy periods of time until he confessed. And not surprisingly, because of that, Japan has a conviction rate of uh, 99%, and 89% of those convictions include defendants who confessed when they were in custody like this. What ends up happening is that uh, people are charged with crimes who aren't even faced with jail time if they're convicted, but they're still held in detention for up to months at a time. Bail is almost impossible to get, and we found uh, we did some research and found that those who confessed to the crimes charged were released sooner than those who maintained their innocence. And if you maintain your innocence, you have your bail request turned down repeatedly. We found one detention that lasted a detention that lasted 395 days without even being charged. In addition. Extradition requests from Japan, such as the request here, they're based solely on arrest warrants that are issued by a judge. There's no indictment by a grand jury or a procedure for establishing probable cause before a warrant is issued. And this is how charges are brought for extradition. It's completely bonkers. And what will happen during this hearing, that's a week after next, is not a trial to determine whether Dr. Kanayama committed this Japanese crime. Instead, the judge, the federal judge in New York, who I've had before in many cases, he's tasked only with determining if there's probable cause to believe that the defendant has to answer for the commission of an offense in Japan. The government is fighting us trying to exclude any evidence we've gathered, such as the fact that no damage was done to the temple and shrine. Uh, Even evidence of his innocence is excluded here, according to the American government. We're required to live with the evidence that they gathered only from the Japanese. That's how crazy this extradition law is. And our government is pushing this extradition. And finally, we're getting to the end of it seven years later. This guy's been having this over his head for seven years. 
the extradition hearing is very narrow, and it could result in the doctor being taken into custody that day of the hearing. He'll surely never practice medicine again if the judge uh, grants the extradition, which is going to be a tragic loss on so many levels. And again, let me make this clear. The American government is pushing this extradition. They're fighting to send him back. They're fighting us, his lawyers, to send him back to Japan. How utterly nuts. This is a guy that has been a gift to New York City, a gift to America, a gift to the world. And the American government is fighting to send him back. They have the discretion to stop it. This is not the crime of the century. Again, this is not a pedophile. This is not a narco trafficker. This is not a murderer. This is someone who effectively used chalk and wrote on a building at worst, assuming that he's even guilty of that. And the American government is trying to send him back. Somehow this case has escaped the mainstream press. I don't even think you can find it if you Google it. That's how utterly bonkers this is. Dr. Kaneyama is facing um, utter destruction and has been facing this for so many years, even while he's helping so many American women. I don't know. I'm going to keep you updated on uh, that case and let you know what happens. But again, it's so bizarre to think that this is what we're doing in America, that we're giving in to Japan. I mean, it's when you think of extradition requests, you're thinking of narco traffickers, you're thinking of child molesters, murderers, something like that. You're not thinking about a guy who squirted some oil on a temple or shrine. But that's what we have with this Japanese extradition request. Completely insane. Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in again. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, BeyondTheLegalLimit.com. Keep the emails coming if you have any questions, any suggestions of what you want to hear about next week. I'm all ears. Thank you.